Good morning. My name is Michael, one of the pastors here at the church. Thrilled to have you with us on this Sunday morning. Before we get into Exodus, um, a couple of other things. The pumpkin patch is out there and they need some people to sit and sell pumpkins. So if you uh, would be interested in that, uh, Rex Redding is outside the atrium or other pumpkin type people. And they can help you with that. Um, and then also we have a group of 18 um, church leaders from our church, from, uh, from Riverside, uh, from the sanctuary, from Common Worship, which is the group that meets at Asbury on Sunday evenings. Um, just a whole plethora of, of church leaders that are going to uh, California today uh, for a conference. We leave at 1.30. Um, so uh, uh, there's a, a bunch of us in here uh, that are going um, and then place people el- elsewhere. They're going as well. And we would just appreciate your prayer as we go that uh, that we would all be touched by his spirit and come back um, just fired up for him. Uh, and whatever happens, happens. Uh, he desires. And then we also have Lance. Are you in here? Uh, Lance uh, is not. Nope. Uh, we have a group going to a, a Kairos ministry. They are essentially going on a mission trip to a prison, uh, if you're familiar with Kairos. And there's a, a group of people that are going, um, f- at least four, I think, from our church that are doing this ministry. It's like a walk to Emmaus inside um, a federal penitentiary. Um, it's amazing stuff that happens. Daryl has, uh, has been on quite a few Kairos walks, I believe. Uh, and so they would, uh, they ask for the prayers for their team, but he specifically said for the inmates, um, while they're there, uh, that it's not about the guys that are going in. It's about the guys that are there. Um, and so that if you would pray for them as well, there you go. Got a lot going on. Kind of cool, right? So we're in Exodus and, uh, I'm just going to read the scripture. I usually give an introduction, but really this one needs no introduction. Exodus four. Verse 24 is where I am on the journey when Moses and his family had stopped for the night, the Lord confronted Moses and was about to kill him. But Zipporah, his wife, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She threw the foreskin at Moses's feet and said, what a blood smeared bridegroom you are to me. When she called Moses a blood smeared bridegroom, she was referring to the circumcision. After that, the Lord left him alone. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God and go home. Deal with that on your own. Uh, so yeah, when, when we're doing Exodus, David's mapped out the scriptures that we're going to do for quite some time. And we come to this one and we meet on Tuesdays as a group of pastors up in David's office. There's like 12 of us now. Um, and we discuss it and kick it around and David gives us his wisdom. Um, but on this particular Tuesday for this particular Sunday, David decided not to show up. Um, and, and we're all like, uh, what? Cause what? Um, cause this scripture is like not one that you, you like get fired up to preach about necessarily on the surface of it, you know, Hey, let's talk about cutting off uh, a little son's foreskin and throwing it at his father's foreskin. Cause it wasn't feet, uh, that she was talking about. So, but there's a lot in here. Really? There's just like a ton of stuff in here, but I want to focus on a couple of things. I was running um, earlier this week, walking earlier this week, somewhere in between the two. It's not that funny, Hammer. Um, and and uh, one of the things I do when I do this is I listen to other uh, teachers and, and I just let other people teach to me. Um, and it's really a good time for me to have this. And so I was listening to this guy and he was teaching the sermon on uh, not being able to hear God. And he was really just disturbed by it. And. 
he, he just kept going on and he was really searching and searching and, and, and pressing in and, and trying hard. And, and said what he, what he came to the realization was that he was listening for this big, loud sound and, and God operates in this still, quiet voice. You know, and he kind of alluded to the scripture when, um, you know, uh, the tornado passes by, but God's not there. And the earthquake happened, but God isn't there. And then the fire comes by, but God isn't there. And then the calm and peace after there is God. And I was like, yes and no. Because while that is true that God has this still quiet voice, as he says, God speaks loudly sometimes. I think this is one of those times. Don't you? God approaches Moses as if to kill him. That's not still and quiet. It's pretty in your face. And then I went along the lines of, of how I deal with Corbin. And, you know, I want to be the father who is the gentle, shepherding, kind, loving father who, who speaks to Corbin on, on that kind of level that he never, uh, never thinks that I don't love him or care for him. But then sometimes... You got to bring the hammer, right? Sometimes you got to bring a little bit more than just the still quiet voice. And I picture the scenario where Corbin is just out in the, in the front yard and he's just being a five-year-old boy and he hits a ball into the street and he darts off into the street without even looking. And I see a car coming, but he doesn't. And I'm going to go, Corbin, my son, I love you. Step away from the street. No. Corb! I'm going to yell at him. Something's about to hit. Get a grip here. There are times when fathers, when parents need to come unglued. Maybe not unglued. But to get a little loud. To get in your face and to slap. And this is what God's doing right here. God operates in this still, gentle, loving, fatherly way. Yes, but at times, because of his love... He takes you by the collars and goes, yeah. Now, here's why I believe God did this at this point. Moses, if you remember, last week we talked about this burning bush experience where he encounters God. And God calls him to this tremendously big thing, right? God goes, hey, Moses, you've been a shepherd for a while. That's great. I want you to go back to Egypt and lead my people to freedom. And Moses is like, uh, no. Who am I? Remember, he says, who am, who am I? God says, no, you're, you're the guy. Go in. Let my people go. Go into Egypt. It's going to be fun. No problem. It's going to be great, Moses. Nothing to worry about. Go into Egypt, despite all that happened there, and lead all the whole slave, enslaved people of Israel, the millions of them, out. It's a big task. And Moses hymns and haws, and God says, no, here's, here's what's going to happen. He says, what's in your hand? He's like a staff. Throw the staff down. He throws the staff down. <laughs> Turns into a snake. What? You know? And he's like, don't worry about it. Grab it by the tail. He grabs it by the tail. Turns back into a staff. Pretty impressive, right? But wait, there's more. God says, stick your hand in your robe. <laughs> Pull it back out. <laughs> it's just withered up with, with leprosy. Wah! Stick your hand back in. <laughs> Perfectly fine. You know? This should get Moses to go, you know what? I'm in. That, that's cool. I'm in. But he doesn't. And he's like, oh, but, but God, I can't speak very well. I have this speech problem, you know, so who's going to listen to me? I can't speak. 
And God's like, all right, fine. Your brother Aaron, he's a Levite. He's great. He can speak. He will speak for you. And look, here he comes now is what it says in this translation, which is really funny. Um, and so he's like, okay, fine. All of these things. Okay, I'm going to go. So he goes and he talks to his father-in-law, Jethro, and he tells Jethro everything. Jethro's like, dude, you need to go. So he packs up his family and they move to Beverly, Egypt. And they go, um, they, they move their family to Egypt. And it is on this traveling into Egypt where he is prepared to liberate the people of Israel from the slavery that they're in, that God confronts them. And that God just flips out on them. And Zipporah, like every good mother, when this happens, she grabs her son, takes a knife. <laughs> Why that? Uh, I mean, let's, all the things that Zipporah could have done, all the things that Moses could have done, all the things that could have happened to that. Why the circumcision? In Genesis chapter 17, God says to Abraham, I'm making a new covenant with you. And here's what's going to happen. Every male is going to be circumcised. Every male child by their eighth day is going to be circumcised. This will be how you keep your covenant with me. Those who don't have this done are cut off from the people. You're out. This is the sign of the covenant. Moses had broken it. Moses has been called to lead the people of Israel from slavery to freedom. He has been called to, to take on this huge task, this gigantic feat of going in when he's been gone for so many years and going, Hey guys, remember me? I'm one of you. No, you're not. You're not keeping the covenant. He wasn't ready. When God calls you to do something, be ready. When he calls you to move in ways that you cannot move on your own, then you better get all in with God. If God is calling you to do something amazing, then you better be right with him. And see, what I believe happened right here is God's coming to shake Moses down and go, look, man, you're about to take on some serious stuff. In order to do this, you need to be with me. And Zipporah gets this. And Zipporah knows she's not from Israel. She's not a the part of the Hebrew culture. She's, something, she's a Midianite. But somehow she knows that the covenant needs to be brought back. And so she circumcises the son. They needed to be together as a family. They needed to be strong to move forward into this life of liberation. Now, I don't think any of us have been called to liberate nations. Or have we? In fact, I think every one of us who's a believer in Jesus Christ and has, has decided to be his disciple, has, we're called to liberate. We are called to end oppression. We are called to take people who are locked in a cage of the world and to release them into the freedom of Christ. Every single one of us who says we are a believer, if we are, we need to get ourselves into Egypt and bring some people back. Can I get an Amen. If we are the people of God, 
if we are the people who say that we want to be like him, then our two tasks are to what? Love God, love others. Daryl gets a gold star for the day. The rest of you stay after class. Love God, love others. The two tasks that God asks us to do, love me with everything you have and love everybody else the same way. And when you do that, in Matthew, you might have heard of it. It's a book in the Bible. At the end of it, Jesus says, now go and teach people. Teach them what I have taught you. And I've taught you to love me, love everybody else. Teach them. Free them. Free them from the things that oppress them. Liberate them. That's our job. That's our job as believers in Jesus Christ. We are Moses going into Egypt, into people's lives and saying that oppression that's holding you down, man, let's get rid of it. It's done here. It no longer holds you. By the blood of a son, we have overcome the grave. Thank you, Chooch. By the blood of a son, we have overcome the grave. God's calling twice now to let you know the time is now. The time is now to grab hold of that. Here's the thing, though. Are you out of covenant? Have you stepped out of the covenant? Have you stepped out of the way of life that God has called you to live? Is there something that's preventing you from moving full force into Egypt and liberating Rabbi Hirsch, when he talks about this, says that it's both a, a physical thing and a mind thing. So much is put, so much emphasis is put on the mind that we forget this physical part of it, and that's that physical representation. We can have something that's preventing us, either physical or mental, from moving fully into the glory of God and bringing it here and now. And so I ask you, do you need to be circumcised? There's great debates about this in the country whether or not to circumcise kids any longer. In fact, in San Francisco, they're trying to pass a ban on circumcision, that it will be illegal to circumcise children. In Germany, they've done, they did the same thing um, previously. That's an anti-Semitic move going on in Germany, but in San Francisco. I ask you this, is there something that you need to have circumcised? Something in your mind, maybe it's an emotional affair with someone. Maybe it's um, thoughts of anger, hatred, uh, thoughts against someone. Does that need to be taken out? Do you need to pull out your flint knife and start hacking? Is there something physical? Are you lost in an addiction to drugs, alcohol, food? Are you in a physical affair? Is there something physically that is preventing you from moving into the glory of God the way he's asking and calling you to? This is a day we get circumcised. I hope you all brought your knives. How many of you came to church today going, you know what I think I need to hear about? Circumcision. (laughs) 
worship team's coming up right now. We're going to sing another song um, that fits right into this really cool. I don't know if they chose it beforehand or if they chose it on the fly at 930, but yeah. And I'm going to ask the prayer team to stand up on either side of the stage, if you would. And during this song, um, I'll just go ahead and stand up so we can sing standing up. I'm going to stand up. During the song, if you feel like God's just leading you to, to come up and ask for prayer to, to be circumcised, like, God, I, I got to let this go. Whatever it is, there's something in my life that's preventing me from moving into your glory fully the way that you long for me to. I know that you've called me to bring the kingdom now. I know that you've called me to move into Egypt and to bring your life. But I got to take care of this first. And maybe, maybe what you need to cut is... The insecurity about what people are going to think if you come up for prayer. Maybe what, what you need to let go of is caring what the rest of us think. Because guess what? Somebody got to cut me up. We all have something. We all have something. This is the time that we get to move into this. This is the time that we get to just let God speak to us. As Daryl and, and Heather led us in prayer earlier today, this is a time when we get to just open up our hearts and let God just either whisper into our ear or maybe he's going to take you by the collar and shake you around a little bit. But it's because he loves you. And he doesn't want you to stay where you are, but he wants you to be more of who he wants you to be. So let's move into this song right now. With the heart of worship and heart of prayer, open to the movement and the Spirit of God. <laughs> 